Hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. Bonjour, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Paddocks. It's Chelsea here, and it's been a while since I introed, but I can't wait to hear the girls' predictions today for Monaco. Today, we have Meg, Mel, Rachel, Casey, and Ito on the episode, and they're ready to share some history and everything you need to know for the upcoming weekend. We're going to start off the episode with a little history lesson, so I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Ito. Thanks, Chelsea. Well, Monaco. Part of the Triple Crown in motorsports together with the Indy 500 and the 24 Hours at Le Mans is basically considered one of the most prestigious races in F1 and motorsports in general. It actually predates F1 as an institution by 21 years. For reference, F1 as like the calendar as we know it now like developed in 1950 and we've been racing in Monaco since 1929. In terms of the race itself, because it's a city circuit and Monaco being a tiny country, it has always been known for very narrow straights and tight corners with a lot of elevation changes. These days, because of the sheer size of the cars, that means very few overtakes and a lot of crashes. And the size of the cars in combination with the tight circuit also means it is the lowest speed race on the calendar. And because it's such a low speed race, yet it's so mentally and physically demanding on the drivers, it also means that it is the shortest race on the circuit because traditional F1 race is 305 kilometers, aka 190 miles minimum, but a full Monaco race is only 260.286 miles, aka 161.734 miles. So it's a good chunk. It's like 30 miles shorter, basically. And it is completed over... 78 laps. For reference, if it would have the full F1 distance, it would be over like 90 laps, which honestly, with how demanding everyone says that circuit is, would be insane. And also, because the race is so tight, like it has a propensity to have safety cars and a lot of crashes and everything. It's like... It's a very unique race. There's a lot of street circuits on there now, but even for street circuits, it's very unique. Lastly, it's also special because it has such a long history. And only Monza really comes close in terms of the tradition and the history around that circuit. And in terms of like past winners, we've seen... People like Mr. Monaco himself, Graham Hill, win the race five times. Ayrton Senna won it six times. But oftentimes, it's a very unpredictable race in terms of winners. So like these days, if you qualify on pole, you're very likely to win because of the huge cars. But at the same time, there have been things like the two Red Bulls crashing into each other in 2018 that no one could have predicted. 
Thank you, Ido, for that history lesson on the Monaco GP. Um, so the Monaco GP last year in 2022 was a bit of a doozy, to say the least. To break it down, we had the hometown hero, Charles Leclerc, starting at pole, followed by Carlos and P2 and Checo and P3, giving us a beautiful Ferrari 1-2 lockout. At the end of Q3 of qualifying, we actually saw Checo spin out and crash followed by Carlos crashing into him. Unfortunately, he did not see the yellow flags in time to prevent that from happening. As Ido had mentioned in our little history lesson, that happens due to the tight space in the circuit. So following the incident that happened during qualifying, the crash itself had just caused the session to end completely. And this made some particular drivers feel a type of way about Checo after that, but we'll talk about more about those feelings a different day. On race day, the start time was delayed by over an hour due to heavy rain in the region and uh, power failures to the starting signaling systems. And then ultimately the race was decreased from 78 laps to 77 laps due to the formation laps that were done at the initial start of the race before the rain delays. The race began with the safety car and during that formation lap, I guess I should say, Nicholas Latifi went long at the hairpin and Lance Stroll hit the barriers at the Massinet, causing both of them to go back to the garage and work on their cars over again. This race also brought us a not so lovely crash from Mick Schumacher, who unfortunately lost control of his car going through the pool section and crash. His car did split into two, but thankfully he made it out okay. That's the most important part. This incident did cause a virtual safety car followed by an actual safety car to fix the barriers from that crash. In typical fashion, Ferrari messed up their race strategy with Charles and ultimately pitted him back to back with Carlos, causing the delay and getting Charles's tires changed out. And then this delay in time had caused Charles to go from P1 down to P4, and Carlos was ultimately in second place. The race had finished out with Checo in first, Carlos second, and Max in third. And the results only helped Max get further in the championship battle and Red Bull's lead, the constructors. Now we can head over to predictions for this upcoming weekend. Ahead of the Emola GP that would have taken last week, unfortunately, Mercedes were actually planning on putting on display their upgraded cars at W14s. But unfortunately, due to the cancellation, we didn't get to see that reveal. But at the end of the Miami GP, a few weeks ago, Toto had confirmed that changes were coming that consisted of changes to the bodywork and the front and floor suspension. And actually today we got to see the reveal of the car and we got some side pods. So let's see if that will help Mercedes out with their pace and their drivers this upcoming weekend. As for my predictions for the race, me being the delusional fan that I am, I'm always Hoping for Charles to finish out on top. It's his home race and he deserves it. And I would love to see that Monaco curse broken finally. And I think all the girls would agree. We want Monaco to be nice to him. And then I want to change the last two spots a little bit. I would like to see Lewis and Fernando in either P2 or P3. Either one would be fine. I just want to switch up a little bit from the typical Red Bull. One, two, finish and then someone else in P3, something new, something different. And it'd be cool to see old teammates up at the top again. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with Melissa. 
I know I've gone the realistic, if you will, route with my predictions so far, but because Red Bull has built such a rocket ship, I kind of want to switch it up because it doesn't ju just doesn't seem fun anymore. Hence, I'm putting my money on Alex for P3, Pierre P2, and of course, our local boy, P1, because he just deserves it. I mean, don't get me wrong. They all would deserve a place on the podium, but I'm putting Alex in P3 because he hasn't seen a podium since his 2020 RB days. And that's just sad because he performed so well in 2019 and 2020. So we know he can perform when you give him a good car. And even in the Williams, he scored a point in the first race. And come on, it's a Williams. Here I'm putting on the second step because of how well he's been doing in that Alpine, especially considering the fact that he's only been in at Alpine for what now? Four races, five races? And compared to Esti Basti, that has not been a lot of time. And of course, Charles P1, because we need that curse lifted. And while I know this podium is unrealistic, as I said, I'll be lighting all the candles and manifesting it very hard that it comes true. After all, this is the first year that F1 has the broadcast rights for Monaco instead of the local TV station. So maybe that change, like that tiny change, changed something in the universe and we'll get that dream podium. Who knows? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I have absolutely no idea what my predictions are. There's still a chance of rain this weekend in Monaco. And then we've got the upgrades that some of the other teams are bringing, like Mercedes. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Although, as Max said in his documentary, and I'm going to paraphrase here, there's less opportunities for Ferrari to mess up their strategy when it's wet. So fingers crossed there. But I think I'm with Ito on like the unrealistic route. And I'm going to say P3 Pierre because he has been doing pretty well in that Alpine. P2 Fernando because I feel like he's just going to be up there. And P1 Charles. Got to break that curse. I did actually see J-Bone on TikTok talk about how last year was the first time that Charles ever crossed the finish line in the Monaco GP. So because of that, is the curse already broken? And could we see Charles in P1? Or at least on the podium. I hope so. But I'm excited to watch the race no matter what. So, Yeah, I think just like everyone else, we're kind of hoping for uh, a shakeup in the podium. And I'll still be rooting for Fernando to finally get that 33rd win. And, you know, hoping that would be in Monaco. And, of course, you can't have a Monaco podium without Charles. So I didn't put him quite at P1, but I think a Charles P2 just getting on the podium would be amazing uh, considering his track record. And then he can't have a podium without a Red Bull. So I put Checo in P3 uh, just to keep it slightly realistic. And, you know, Street Circuit King, it is, you know, a street circuit. But And who knows with Monaco, like, especially there's potentially with the forecast some rain. So anything can happen. And also this year, there are two Leclerc's racing in Monaco with Arthur being an F2. So we don't know how that affects the curse. Maybe with, with two of two Leclerc's, that will kind of cancel each other out. You know, two negatives make a positive. Hopefully, 
hopefully good luck for both of them in the race. And I would just be amazing just to see him on the podium after all of these years and all of his, his struggles with this race. And who knows, you know, maybe we'll see another questionable crash during qualifying this weekend to potentially help certain drivers out during the race placement on Sunday. I think like Rachel and Casey said, with the rain coming in and the rain that's predicted for this weekend, it could definitely lead to an interesting weekend, which I'm hoping for because like some other people have said, I don't want it to be just a Red Bull domination. Although with my predictions, I am predicting a Red Bull domination just because the race pace that that car has is insane. And also as our resident McLaren girly, they have a special livery this weekend for the Monaco race because of the Triple Crown, like Ito has already talked about. And since they are the only team in the last 100 years to win all three races, they have special liveries for not only F1 this weekend, but also an IndyCar. And every time McLaren seems to introduce a special livery for Monaco, they seem to finish on the podium, especially Lando. So I'm praying and manifesting very hard and very strong this weekend that that can become true again with Lando and P3 this weekend. And also a great finish for Oscar because they deserve it. And then for my P1 prediction, I'm going to put Checo there since he is the king of the streets and he won last year. And I'm going to put Max in P2. I'm wondering if we just keep saying Red Bull's going to win, if it'll jinx them instead, maybe? Fingers crossed. Like, if we just keep saying it. But at the same time, I feel like we've been saying that for every prediction episode since we've started, so since Baku, and they've won it, everything since. So what if we don't say it and it doesn't happen? Maybe we just need to stop saying it instead. What if to, you know, shake it up a little bit. We all buy Red Bull merch so we can jinx them. Because I know race weekends, we all wear our team merch and everything, and it doesn't happen. So I say we all buy it or drink a few Red Bulls over the weekend and, you know, maybe just shake it up a little bit. So I literally just did that. I just got a Max hat. So hopefully, hopefully, who knows what that will bring. But, we, you know, we were thinking the same thing. I mean, you both make a good point. While to an extent, I'm like, I refuse to give them money. I haven't drunk a Red Bull since, I don't know, 2014 maybe? But because of F1, because I used to drink it religiously. But also, what if I give them money and that jinxes them? At this point, I'll try anything because we just want to switch it up. I will say, Casey, your two negatives make a positive. That makes a lot of sense. If they're both racing, maybe maybe they'll just cancel out completely and it'll work and it'll be okay. But at the same time, they've both had a very rough time of it lately. Like in the last F2 race, Arthur crashed out. The one before that, I think he also crashed out, if I'm not 100% mistaken. So... Racing just hasn't been kind to the Claire boys. Let me be delusional. Just just let me be delusional. Maybe it'll work. I'm putting it out into the universe since I just suffered through COVID for like nine to ten days. 
I should get what I want. And what I want is... <laughs> I, I Realistically... I mean, no, not realistically. I want Charles to win the race, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But because of everything I just went through, he deserves to be on the podium. And I want that. And I want Lando to be on the podium. So therefore, because I just suffered, therefore, it needs to happen. So that's what I'm putting into the universe. I mean, now that I'm thinking more about it, I kind of want to see Carlos and Lando on the same podium again. Because it was fun when it happened in Monaco. It was so much fun. Especially Lando's, like, champagne thing. And, I mean, what if we had Charles on the top step, and then Carlos in P2 and Lando in P3? What if? But then again, McLaren's a tractor right now, and so is kind of Ferrari. But who knows? They are bringing upgrades. Some of the teams are bringing upgrades, so you never know. We don't know what those are going to be. We should have seen them this past weekend at Imola, but uh, unfortunately that didn't happen. I'm, that's, the, I think, the thing that I'm the most interested to see is what the upgrades bring, because we don't know, so this is the first time we're going to like see really see that. And it looks like Mercedes finally submitted to peer pressure and added side pods to that car, but... It's insane. Like, it took them a while to kind of realize that perhaps the no side pod concept maybe wasn't the direction that they should have gone down. It looks like also their suspension, they've changed it to kind of align more with like the Red Bull Aston Martin kind of front suspension that they have going on, just based off of like pictures that people have, you know, sneakily taken around the paddock right now. So it's kind of interesting that Mercedes, who was once dominating, you know, F1 and people were trying to copy them. Now they're, you know, copying others. So it's interesting to see, you know, how it turns when you suddenly don't have a dominant car anymore. Casey reminded me of a tweet that I saw earlier today. I just tried looking for it, but I couldn't find it. But it was like the other teams better count their days if this whole side pod thing for Mercedes works. So I'm crossing my fingers just because I want to see Lewis win again. It's been too long since we've seen him up at the top. It's been almost two years for him, which is insane. Um, but what if we see a George Russell P1? I wouldn't mind that either. He's one hell of a racer. I know a lot of people feel differently about that. But in my opinion, he knows what he's doing. And when another particular racer was just as aggressive, no one really said anything about that. So, Plus also, I feel like because George has driven a Williams pre-Mercedes, he knows how to drive a shit car. So he knows how to basically extract the best out of a shit situation. Whereas Lewis with McLaren, as well as Mercedes, pretty much always had good cars. So who knows? Maybe George for the win, or at least down the line. I mean, he outscored Lewis last year. So why not this year again? Mr. Consistency, back at it again. So did anyone see the Aston Martin uh, Honda news that came out this week? So it looks like Aston Martin will finally be kind of uh, their own manufacturer, and it comes that Honda's only supplying them so far, so they get to kind of control 
what goes on. And instead of having to design their car, you know, around the engine that Mercedes gives them, now they can kind of have some input on the shape and size and everything of the Honda engine to maybe have more control over how they make their car. So I think it'll be interesting. And also, uh, poor Alonso, like he just can't escape Honda. It will, it will always come back. And hopefully, third time's charm. Yeah, this, this Honda, I'm hoping for the best, but we'll see. I saw something online, most likely Twitter, where I get a lot of my information from, that someone from Aston Martin, and I'm blanking on the name, so whoever knows that name, please let me know, that they have their eyes on Yuki with the whole Honda deal. So I'm, I'm genuinely curious if the contract with Honda has like some sort of clause to include Yuki as a driver with that whole you know Honda being a Japanese company and Yuki himself is Japanese too um but then another question that brings up is who will lose their seat out to Yuki so it'll be interesting when that time comes but yeah that's just been something that's been kind of on my mind since that's been announced as Casey said my first reaction too was like Alonzo can't escape Honda I'm sure he still has PTSD but at the same time, the Honda news with the Yuki connection, especially because Honda right now is at AlphaTauri, and everyone basically has been kind of murmuring around the fact that because Yuki's not been performing as great last season, everyone was like, he only has that seat because of Honda. And I mean, it kind of would make sense for him like based on that logic it would make sense for him to to Aston Martin but at the same time who would lose their seat because don't really see Fernando retiring although with his Honda PTSD who knows and I mean Lance is not gonna lose his seat come on let's be realistic two things one say what you want about Lawrence Stroll but he is a good businessman I like he knows what he's doing. And two, can we talk about Yuki helping with the cleanup in Imola? Because that was the cutest thing and the sweetest thing. I love him. He is absolutely precious and should be protected at all costs. I have a newfound respect for Yuki that I didn't have previously. And I mean, I give all the credit in the world to him for staying behind and helping instead of trying to get out of there and just figuring out a way to get out. Because I feel like that's what most of the drivers would do. But instead, he decided to stay behind and help clean up. And he's also been pushing the efforts for donations and all the charity stuff. So I'm a new fan of Yuki Sonoda after how he's been acting lately so go yuki i was literally about to say that megan that he actually went out and did something instead of just posting and no disrespect to the other drivers because we don't know if they made donations and they most likely have they just don't publicize that information but i or probably don't choose to i don't know but i just love that he actually went out there and was involved with the cleanup and didn't do it for his own like i guess like to make himself look good like he was gen like you can tell he was genuinely out there to help out the people i saw some people who were saying oh it's a publicity stunt but like if it was a publicity stunt there would have been like 
professional photos and it would have been professional photographers, but this was all like a phone camera and he wasn't the center of the picture except for the one where like, I guess they decided to take a picture, but like all of it, you just see him in the background, like with his little shovel. I feel like with celebrities, they can't really win because if they don't say that they've donated, even though they have, they haven't done anything, but if they say they donated and they're like, oh, we are going to donate this much to the cleanup efforts and everything, then it's a publicity stunt. Like there's no winning in that for them. And I feel like it's just like a kind of shitty situation. That is so true. I mean, I remember Lando did like a whole stream and he was like, I'm going to donate X amount of money. I can't remember how much for um, like 250, every 250 subscribers or something. And everyone's like, that's not enough, blah, 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 blah. But then the amount of money he gets per subscriber is like pennies on Twitch. So I think he donated like $1,000 or something along those lines per 250 subscribers. So basically, while yes, he got money with those subscriptions, it was nowhere near the amount uh, that he donated. So as Rachel said, they can do nothing right at this point. But at the same time, I feel like Yuki helping to clean up especially because he's with a team from that area. And because of that, he was in the area um, is just gold. I mean, the other drivers, because like the whole evacuation and everything happened on basically on Wednesday, the other drivers weren't in the area. I think the only other driver that was in the area or at least trying to get into the area was Nick but none of the other drives were in the area. So I wasn't like consciously expecting them to like help clean up. And even for Yuki, I'm like, you're a paid athlete. It's fine if you don't clean up. Like, don't put yourself at risk. But then again, he stayed. He helped clean up. I mean, the whole idea of grown up Yuki that we see this season is amazing. He's changed so much. And speaking of Lando, he also watched and joined in on Max's Team Redline stream over the weekend to also help raise money for Imola and the area. And it was funny because he was just having a grand old time and laughing. And he was actually leading the race for a hot second and then he crashed. But it's okay. Maybe he can lead another race in real life. Again, but Lando's also been in the news recently just because I feel like he's been getting a lot of hate for different things and especially related to Twitch. And I don't think it's very fair because he's even talked about it on his friend Max's stream, Max Futural stream, and how he's just been in the spotlight recently. And it's kind of not fair that it, even if he does one little thing, everyone's like bad lando you're not a good guy anymore lando all this stuff like he can't do anything like recently he was spotted with some girl and he was immediately getting hate for it and he was like i'm just going to lunch like i agree with him people shouldn't be assuming things and saying all this stuff about him and yes it's very annoying because i feel for him 
because look, I hate people that are like that. But yes. Yeah, I, I think I totally agree. I think it's, you know, Lando, he's not, you know, exactly the perfect PR machine. You know, he's pretty honest about his opinions and being who he is as a person. And I think that, you know, allowing, you know, fans into your life means that, you know, you have to deal with, unfortunately, all of the horrible, you know, opinions that might come from that. But... I think the drivers that we tend to see the more authentic self from, it's it's nice to see, you know, be like, oh, these are like real people. You know, these are people that, you know, you could meet in your real life. Like they act like, you know, normal human beings instead of, you know, perfect, polished all the time because that's just unrealistic, you know, like and I never forget Yuki like lives in Fanza. So like that's where he lives. So he was, you know, just being a member of the community and, you know, cleaning up the town with, you know, fellow people that live there. So it's just nice to see kind of the more human aspect, you know, of the drivers and just see them, you know, behaving like normal people and also seeing them all, you know, kind of work together in a way to just try to kind of spread the relief effort and spread awareness about the horrible flooding that happened. Because even Williams did a charity race and where I think like drivers and a couple other people, even their uh, team principal, James Vowell, joined in where they were all, you know, doing a virtual race. So it was kind of nice to see you know, how different teams and drivers kind of reacted to the race cancellation and, you know, raising money for the situation. Yeah, I saw a few clips from Lando's perspective of the team Redline stream. And I think I heard, like, I guess one of the commentators that was on it go, uh, I think he said Max Verstappen just got Max Verstappen. And that cracked me up. But Lando just was having a grand old time on that. He was not taking it seriously at all. And it was so... Funny, and I'm not a huge Lando fan. He is a Scorpio. I have beef with Scorpio men, but that's a personal thing. But I agree, like, they can't win in any way. Like, Lando was going out to lunch with a friend who there was like, it wasn't just him and that girl, there was another person. There were more people, it wasn't just them. Like, men are allowed to have female friends, that's a thing that can happen. And I feel like people forget that just because, and this I think goes for all celebrities, but they forget that just because these people are in the public eye and they have a huge fan base, they forget that they're still real people. And you see it all the time. And it's really disappointing and it's really sad because it's like, it's like when we saw a few weeks ago, people showing up to Charles' house. That's not okay. Like, they're still real people, and I think we need to give them a chance. And I think with Lando, he also, if he doesn't stream enough, people complain. But if he streams too much, people complain. It goes back to the same thing. It's a PR stunt. It's not a PR stunt. They're not doing enough. It's a PR stunt. It's just, there's no winning. And I feel really bad for a lot of the guys because they're just, they're doing their best. They're all just doing their best. People are just never going to be happy with what they do, is my conclusion. And it kind of sucks because, like, you guys were talking about with Lando and his friend, they were with other people there. But clearly, whoever the paparazzi is, they were focusing on Lando and the girl. And it just goes to show that sometimes some fans take things way out of context and then it just explodes and it becomes like this whole like big snowball effect. That's like a whole like rumor. It's it's a lot sometimes. 
My favorite thing to come out of the whole Lando going to lunch with his friends is his Fiat Jolly. I love that car so much. And I love that he loves it. Like, he is so proud of his Fiat Jolly. It is the cutest car. And every time I see photos of him in it, it just makes me so happy. It makes me want one. Another note, another example of people just not being happy or making up stuff. Charles. We probably all know the rumors of like him dating this girl, Alex. And everyone was like, yeah, they're together. They've been together for months. Like, it's going to be like a reveal at his home race. And so apparently there are pictures out there now with him in front and her a few like steps behind. But in fact, it turns out, I think it's someone from his family that just looks kind of like the girl i'm like guys you have too much time on your hands seriously get a life speaking of charles i wonder how he's feeling after yesterday's charity soccer game or football game depending where you're from i hope his neck's okay because i think that's one of the things he's probably focused on and making sure he's okay for this weekend I feel like they do so much neck training that he should be fine. And the way he like landed, he kind of like rolled onto his shoulder. So hopefully he's okay. He seemed okay. But that was an interesting game to watch. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. And I really wish I had. But all of the clips I've seen are just, they're really funny. Carlos like jumping onto and swinging on the goal. I was like, dude, just no reason. Just because, like, why not? The intrusive thoughts definitely won that day. I also have not watched the full match, but like Rachel said, I've also seen some clips. And another one of my favorite clips is when Charles has an open goal right in front of him and he just completely misses the shot. I think <laughs> I think that was another fantastic moment from that game. And also, speaking of Carlos... So many people were concerned for his injury or quote-unquote injury that happened that they were like, oh my god, Carlos isn't going to be able to race this weekend. And he posted on social media and he's like, guys, I'm fine. It's just a soccer injury. We all get hurt sometimes. Like, I'm fine. So, he's all good. Hashtag stop inventing. <laughs> That was my favorite thing about that post. But one of the clips that I saw from yesterday's match was Pierre and Charles were like, like dueling with one of the other people on the other team. And like, I don't know if they just forgot they were on the same team or what, but you just see them like step on each other's like cleat and they just like hop away in pain. And I'm like, <laughs> it was just it, that clip stays in my mind run free and it was so funny to watch that <laughs> over and over again this is kind of in relation to the match kind of not but there's a promo video thing that danny and max did and i don't know how long ago it was but they're doing axe throwing and daniel is talking to the interviewer about how all of the other drivers like none of them have coordination they have like zero hand-eye coordination and it's so funny to me that they're driving these my friend called the f1 cars life-size hot wheels and now i can't get that out of my head but they're driving these like insane cars they're super fast they have to have this insane reaction time but they have zero hand-eye coordination and i think that's pretty evident in the basketball we saw pierre and charles doing back in like february january february and then now the 
charity football match that they did yesterday. But we still love them. I know exactly what video you're talking about, um, Rachel. And the funny part for me in that video, yes, Danny's comments, but then you see Max in the back trying to throw the axe and just failing. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I mean, at least with Charles, it seems like he's very aware that he's not the greatest at sports. It seems like, you know, he'll always have little comments and everything, you know, kind of poking fun at himself, like with the basketball thing with Pierre. And even just with the uh, now infamous picture of him face planning into the, you know, soccer field that's been photoshopped and a million different things. Uh, you know, he was like, you know, look at my great soccer skills and everything. And and he, he's every every he does these charity soccer games, I think, pretty often. And every time he makes it very clear that there is a reason that he does not play professional soccer and that he is a Formula One driver instead because the coordination isn't quite there. But he does try his hardest every time. You know, he does his best. I don't know if the rest of you guys have seen this picture go around, but someone photoshopped a picture of Charles place planning and it's a picture of Danny from the Monaco GP where he like dives into that pool and everything. And it's photoshopped into like a screenshot of George jumping into the water that he had posted with his beautiful girlfriend, Carmen. It was so funny because you can see like George like, doing his like little like, wee, I'm jumping. And then <laughs> you just, just see in the back and there's like a little picture of Pierre <laughs> back there. It just goes to show how creative these people get <laughs> with these viral little moments that we see. All of the memes to have come out of these past few, like, this past week alone are just hilarious. Between the Twitch stream races, the charity soccer game, and just the various other things that the drivers have been doing, the F1 community never ceases to amaze me with their memes. It's always absolutely hilarious. And going back to Max and the axe throwing, I've been axe throwing. It is not that hard. It's really not. And speaking of memes, I don't know if you guys have checked out our Instagram. One of my favorite movies, the Monte Carlo movie with Selena Gomez and Leighton Meester. Gotta love it. We have, it's them with their, all of their suitcases. And it's just Nick, Logan, and Oscar. I think the funniest thing to come out of that, though, was my husband's comment of, it's like a podium for last place. And with that, we are going to end with a little driver of the week. I know we just did our spotlight on Charles, but he is our hometown boy this weekend. And that Instagram he posted on Wednesday, I don't know if y'all saw it, just melting everyone's family-loving hearts. And since we get the bonus Leclerc's this weekend on the track with Arthur and F2 and Charles and F1. We're going to do a double Leclerc for the driver of the week. Let's see who manifests the most and is the closest this weekend for their predictions. Message us your predictions to our socials. Everywhere we are Paddock Girls Podcast, except for the wonderful Twitter world, they are Paddock Girls Pod. We'll be looking out for all those messages, so... Get to it, y'all. We want to hear them. Thanks for joining us in the paddock. See you at the next race. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. See you, Craig. Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.